I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, everyone. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let any tension in your body go. Let your worries go. And let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Welcome back to To Be Honest. Today we're going to talk about codependent relationships. I'm sure many of you have heard of this term, but what is it really? What is a codependent relationship? Actually, codependency has no established definition or diagnostic criteria within the mental health community. So it has not been included as a condition in any edition of the DSM. And for the benefit of listeners that don't know what DSM is, it is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. To be honest, the term codependency is often used casually to describe relationships where a person is needy or dependent upon another person. 
Of course, there is much more to this term than everyday clinginess. Codependent relationships are far more extreme than this, and I'll explain in this episode. A person who is codependent will plan their entire life around pleasing the other person or the enabler. Now, in its simplest terms, a codependent relationship is when one partner needs the other partner, who in turn needs to be needed. So, this circular relationship is the basis of what psychologists refer to when they describe the cycle of codependency. Now, the codependent's self-esteem and self-worth will come only from sacrificing themselves for their partner, who is only too glad to receive their sacrifices. Before I go any further, here are some fast facts on codependency. Codependent relationships are not exclusive for romantic partners only; they can be between friends or family members. Often, the relationship includes emotional or physical abuse. Friends and family members of a codependent person may recognize that something is not quite right. Like any mental or emotional health issue, treatment requires time and effort, as well as the help of a professional. Now, let me clarify the difference between codependence versus dependence. Remember, we humans are social animals. Two people do need to rely on each other for support and love. And for romantic relationship, that is absolutely healthy. We want an interdependent relationship versus codependent, which is unhealthy because the codependent person feels worthless unless they are needed by and making drastic sacrifices for the other partner, most likely the enabler. The enabler gets satisfaction from getting their every need met by the other person. So the codependent is only happy when making extreme sacrifices for their partner. They feel they must be needed by this other person to have any purpose. Now, dependent, or should I say, interdependent, both parties make their relationship a priority, but can find joy in outside interests. With other friends, and they have their own hobbies. Versus the codependent has no personal identity, interests, or values outside of their codependent relationship. The interdependent partners, both parties, can express their emotions and needs and find ways to make the relationship beneficial for both of them. Versus the codependent is that one person feels that their desires and needs are unimportant and will not express them. By the way, it can be unconscious, and they may have difficulty recognizing their own feelings or needs at all. So one or both parties can be codependent. A codependent person will neglect other important areas of their life to please their partner. Their extreme dedication to this one person may cause damage to possibly other relationships, their career, or their everyday responsibilities. 
So of course, the enabler's role is also dysfunctional. A person who relies upon a codependent does not learn how to have an equal, two-sided relationship, and often comes to rely upon another person's sacrifices and neediness. Well, so you got to know the symptoms of codependency. As a matter of fact, it can be hard to distinguish between a person who is codependent and one who is just clingy or very enamored with another person. But a person who is codependent will usually have the following signs. They find no satisfaction or happiness in life outside of doing things for the other person. They stay in the relationship even if they are aware that their partner does hurtful things. They do anything to please and satisfy their enabler, no matter what the expense to themselves. They feel constant anxiety about their relationship due to their desire to always be making the other person happy. They use all their time and energy to give their partner everything they ask for. They feel guilty about thinking of themselves in the relationship and will not express any personal needs or desires. They also ignore their own morals or conscience to do what the other person wants. So other people may try to talk to the codependent about their concerns. But even if others suggest that the person is too dependent, a person in a codependent relationship will find it difficult to leave the unhealthy relationship. The codependent person will feel extreme conflict about separating themselves from the enabler because their own identity is centered upon sacrificing themselves for the other person. Therefore, there's another saying: the codependents do what is known as the three M's of codependence, and that is martyr, micromanage, and mother. Like a mother, they give too much of themselves. They rescue people. They self-deprive. Therefore, codependence breeds resentment. And some codependents, they also have signs of perfectionism. You must be eager to find out how does a codependent relationship develop, right? I have good news. Codependency is a learned behavior. So, in other words, whatever we learned, we can unlearn it. This behavior usually stems from past behavioral patterns and emotional difficulties. Make no mistake, most codependent people have lived difficult lives. Here is just a short list of reasons why codependency develops in a person. Most likely, they have experienced parental abuse of some kind and neglect. Caring for a seriously ill family member at a young age, and exposure to drugs and alcohol abuse in the family. So most likely, they have been taught that their own needs were less important than their parents' needs, or not important at all. So, in these types of families, the child may be taught to focus on the parents' needs and to never think of themselves. 
needy parents may teach their children that children are selfish or greedy if they want anything for themselves. As a result, the child learns to ignore their own needs and thinks only of what they can do for others at all times. In these situations. One of the parents may have an addiction problem with alcohol, drugs, gambling, so on and so forth, and a lack of maturity and emotional development, resulting in their own self-centered needs. These situations cause gaps in emotional development in the child, leading them to seek out codependent relationships later when these wounds are not healed. Now, mind you, codependency may also result from caring for a person who is chronically ill or mentally unwell, or a caregiver who crossed the emotional boundary of a child by having the child to satisfy their own emotional needs and support. So, needless to say, being in the role of caregiver, especially at a young age, may result in the young person neglecting their own needs and developing a habit of only helping others. A person's self-worth may form around being needed by another person and receiving nothing in return. Now, mind you, I am not saying everyone who lives with an ill family member develops codependency. That's not the case. However, it can happen in these types of family environments, particularly if the parent or primary caretaker in the family displays the dysfunctional behaviors that I just shared with you. It is apparent that any kind of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse can cause psychological problems that last years or even an entire lifetime. One of the many issues that can arise from past abuse is codependency. Now, a child or teenager who is abused will learn to repress their feelings as a defense mechanism against the pain of abuse. So, as an adult with those unhealed wounds, this learned behavior results in caring only about another's feelings and not acknowledging their own needs. Please take note. Sometimes a person who is abused will seek out abusive relationships later because they are only familiar with this type of relationship. We will always choose familiar pain over unfamiliar pain. This often manifests in codependent relationships as well. So, what is the treatment for codependency? Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There is no easy solution or treatment. Having said that, there are ways to unlearn this unhealthy behavior that you have acquired at a young age. The very first step to healing is to be self-aware of the following. As a result of their early life experiences, the codependent person has a tough time managing stress, which leads to experiencing painful emotions. They may show anger and resentment, or develop chronic anxiety, and more often than not, depression. They also do not know how to regulate their painful emotions because they have been repressing their feelings for so long. They are not even in touch with their own feelings. 
naturally, they need to take small steps toward their own feelings and not to be afraid of them. And if they are in a dysfunctional relationship or codependent relationship, then obviously uh, each individual would need to have their own therapy and then maybe come together for a couples or group therapy. So if you are one of my clients, obviously I will help you to attain all those skills and knowledge. As a matter of fact, I have already shared with you some of those skills and knowledge in the previous episodes. So if you are interested, go back to the archive and listen to the following episodes. 112, learn to regulate your emotions. 107, the disease to please. 104, healthy love and belonging. 99, understanding addictions. 97, how does low self-esteem hurt your relationships? 91, cultivate healthy self-esteem. 90, do you have a weak sense of self? And 89, know your own self-concept. One of the most important things to be aware and understand is that a codependent person finds it nearly impossible to respect boundaries. The reason for this is that they don't understand them. Innately, most of us know that an imaginary line, quotation marks, exists between what belongs to us and what belongs to others. For instance, few people would willingly barge into a co-worker's cubicle during work, right? They certainly wouldn't presume to possess the other person's feelings, thoughts, and needs. Unfortunately, it's not the case for codependence. But then again, most people are not excessively insecure codependents. What makes this whole scenario ironic is that codependents themselves have super rigid boundaries, often closing themselves off and withdrawing. So, my audience, learning about boundaries. Why is it important? What are they for? and how to set healthy boundaries are all part of the treatment program. Feel free to have a listen to episode 80, 81, and 82, Healthy Boundaries, Healthy Relationships, part 1, 2, and 3. You see, I just cannot emphasize enough how important it is to understand about boundaries, particularly to know your own internal boundaries. Without them, it will be a challenge to respect oneself and to create healthy relationships. Mind you, sometimes therapists do recommend some form of relational separation for obvious reasons. Now, as for the enabling partner, they must recognize that their actions are worsening the situation. So if both individuals decide that the relationship is salvageable, to be honest, it's a tough sell. It is paramount that both acknowledge specific patterns of their behaviors as unacceptable. This means awareness and adjustment of codependent behaviors and attitudes, distorted beliefs, ceasing appeasing behaviors by the enabler, and dedication to a healthy, non-abusive relationship. 
The key is for them who were abused will need to recognize past abuse and start to feel their own needs and emotions again, because only their truth can heal past wounds. To be honest, my audience, these steps are quite challenging, to say the least, but are well worth the effort to help both parties discover how to be in a balanced, two-sided, healthy relationship. Because you are worthy. So thank you for listening, my audience. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to heal codependency. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com. Mm-hmm.